May I help you, sir? How much for order of ribs? Uh, two fifty. Two fifty. How many ribs do I get with that? Uh, about five. Five. So I guess that's about fifty cents a rib, huh? Yeah, about. Let me get one. Right on. One order. One order ribs. No, 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 no. One rib. One rib. I sure am hungry. Welcome to the Ill Shot Podcast, episode three. We are back in the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To talk some shit about film. It's been a while. Happy to be back. Film game. Yeah, game, what's going game. on, sir? You know, just you know, trying to make a living out here in these streets. Well, not not streets, but um, mostly in my uh, in coffee shops. Oh, and uh, my the, home the new office. streets. Okay, yeah. <laughs> business streets. Right, these business streets. You in there trying to cut deals and get clients and shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, this is the Ill Shot Podcast. If you're first time listening, uh, my name is Rob Williams, filmmaker, writer, director, producer, uh, vinyl junkie, all of the all above. That, yeah, all, all, all of the above, you Man. know. And you are? I am Jack Spade. Um, and this, uh, and I am a, you know, a film. You don't, you don't know what the fuck you are. <laughs> 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 you have so many titles, you, 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 uh, you intimidated me. Now I gotta tell them all my titles. You know what I mean? I wasn't ready. Nah, but music producer, filmmaker, and I'm gonna just leave it at that, basically. Okay, cool. So um, last time we left off, I know we were talking about screenwriting. So I figured today maybe we could talk a little bit about the particulars of screenwriting. There's a lot that goes into it. I don't know if I want to spend the whole fucking podcast just kind of. Like going through the nuances, but for all of the listeners out there, you know, people that don't already write and or create their own material. Um, if you're, you know, an aspiring screenwriter or you're just starting out and you want to write a story, whether it be short form, whether it be long form, feature, whatever, episodic, etc., you know, I guess let's take a look at the intro and, and, and how to do that, right? Because there's a variety of different software you could use. Um, there's, tons of ways to approach it i think that the there used to be it had to be a certain type of way and i think that's going away right right you know the, the, the format still needs to be an acceptable format but the the beginning middle and three act structure you know there's a whole lot of different things you can do nowadays that you you couldn't do before if you were trying to write and pitch or sell a script you mean, uh, are you talking about like the basic structure of it or um, uh, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So I'm, I'm talking about structure primarily. Okay. You know, the things that a lot of agents still look for, right? If you're going through an agent trying to get them to send over your script somewhere, if you have a manager or if you're just, uh, you know, doing spec scripts. Right. And trying to send them over. I think that they, you still have to fall into a certain format because Hollywood still buys into that format. But when we look at films that are made nowadays, independent films, even bigger films, you, it doesn't follow the typical format that it used to follow for pretty much all films. But but if you look at like Quentin Tarantino, who really doesn't, he doesn't go by the three act structure technically, even though it's probably in there, I mean, probably still in there, but 
Um, I think the most important thing when you're writing a screenplay is to make sure that people want to turn the page. You know, um, is it interesting enough to keep their attention? And you got to kind of hook their attention in the first 10 pages. So you got to intro your character. Um, <clears throat> you got you got to create, make sure that you establish what the world is. And then you got to establish what the character wants. And but it has to be in a way that's gripping and compelling, which is uh, the hardest thing about, um, I guess, writing, you know. So you, you're saying basically if you have a compelling story, no matter what, you should be fine. Well, um, expand on that. So if, if it, I'm it, I would say you should know the structure too. the structure is important for just knowing where to go but then if you if like like they say if you know the rules you can kind of break them so if you don't want to do like for instance i um if you start out with with something that's a three-act structure but maybe you want to have like something else in the middle you know or maybe you want to have a four-act structure or or something like that if it it could work if you just if it's compelling you know if it has a you know um if you if you have the beginning middle and end um, but you, you know, everything has a beginning, middle and end sort of. So long as those things are kind of intact, you know, you can use the three act structure as like a guideline, I think, instead of just like you on this page, you have to do this and on, you know, cause they break it down to where like on, on page, uh, 10, that should be your inside and incident or what, whatever it is. But I don't think, I think the inside and incident could be on the first page or it might sometimes it happens before the 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 movie even starts you know the the incident is already going on and you dropped into the into it you know immediately yeah <clears throat> yeah so. so if i'm a brand new writer right and, and we're talking about you know having compelling work here mm. what the fuck is compelling like what is what is that right it's just w something that people want to read cuz you you're giving your story should be able to spark an imagination in the reader and it has just to to hook the the reader you you're going after the reader if you're trying to be a screenwriter because um even if your screenplay doesn't get made or whatever um you still can establish yourself as a good writer and get get work you know so um i think the the most important thing for people to do is like they say watch a lot of movies but really read a lot of screenplays yeah, I think see. reading a lot of screenplays would be... Watching movies is just as important because you need to be able to understand how to translate things visually exactly. onto the page Yeah, for someone reading it. You know, if they're going to make it and you're not the one making it, they need to be able to, to kind of... They're going to add their own to it, but it still needs to come up off the page. You, right. know? you should be able to read this scene and then close your eyes and visualize it playing out. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's very important. Uh, for writers and then again we keep using the word compelling but story is everything even nowadays with the regurgitation of movies i.e. Hollywood just remaking every fucking thing possible because the creativity is gone um, a compelling story still stands out right and I, I think the um, the creativity is, is still around I just don't, I think they don't want to bet the bank on it <laughs> you know what I mean so they go with you know remakes and superhero movies because they're gonna make money and that's you know 
that's basically I mean but you still gotta make those superhero movies somewhat compelling I'm sure it's ain't compelling you know like <laughs> ain't, ain't a motherfucking thing compelling well you don't though. think Endgame um, Avengers was, was compelling I, to you so when I look at the blockbuster Hollywood film the, the film that we're talking about right because let me preface this by saying Hollywood pretty much eradicated the middle tier film or lower tier film. Right? Yeah, they they stopped spending money, you know, anywhere from we'll say a million dollars to ten million dollars on smaller films and putting them out that, that they would normally gamble on, like you're talking about. And right. they've moved to a model where they're spending upwards of we'll say a hundred million dollars on a big film to yeah. try to cast the widest possible net and bring in the biggest audience for the largest return. Yeah. So that would that those are your blockbuster films that they feel will will appeal to everyone across the board. So when yeah, we look at no these more, uh, when Harry met Sally. Yeah, they're not making, making that shit no one. more. <laughs> they're not even doing that no more. In a box office, it's, that's done. Yeah, you know those would be your indie films now that the right. indie filmmakers have to come up with their own fucking financing and figure out a way to make. And then once they make it, they still have to figure out a way to to climb to the top and break through all of the noise just to get heard. And in today's society where the the attention span is gone and the consumption rate is at an all-time high, you only get a small period where people even tune into it and then they check out. But we'll talk about that in a second. Let me just go back to the blockbuster structure here where Mm. they... They're all in on these big films, right? Let's use yeah. Transformers or whatever as an example. Yeah, okay. it's not a motherfucking thing compelling about the, you know. The, there's a minimal storyline to give you a bait. I mean, super minimal storyline here. You know, you already know yeah. it's just going to be a rock'em sock'em action type. Rock'em sock'em robot. That's it. You know, some fight. Michael Bay, some, man. We got some cool shots here. We're going to introduce some slow-mo where the big-ass robot is doing like a 360 spin in the air. <laughs> and then he pulls out his gun and, oh, shit, look at it. Boom. And then that's the whole fucking movie. Right. You it's know? more of a visual. Yeah. And at the end, the, the, you know, everyone lives happily ever after. The the, the, the guy gets the girl. They yeah. ride off into the fucking sunset. Great. Um, I mean, that it, they use that because it works and clear. as a framework for for putting a bunch of you know special effects in it. And something like Transformers, that's the worst of the worst when you're talking about story. <laughs> <laughs> Like so, but it, so it's just it's all it's all flash and not look not much substance. But I think a lot of the Marvel stuff, some of the Marvel stuff has story okay, in it. You you went from a lot parts. to some. So which which one is it? It's it's definitely some. Okay. It's not a lot. Okay. <laughs> I I never really thought about like which one has a good story or not. Yeah, but yeah, this. Not very many. So there is story in there. Obviously, these are adapted from comic books. So you're taking yeah. a story. Yeah, they see that they have that, which um, they have years and years of basically preparation and storytelling um, with Marvel. You know that they can pull from. You know. Yeah. So it's 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 a lot. I mean, it's it's harder to mess up one of those story wise. I think. But the story is it. I mean, for good story, you'd have to kind of go back to maybe like. Dark Knight, right? Which is non-Marvel. That's DC. Yeah. But still in all, when you look at Batman, 
there's more story there, right? And I know we give Heath Ledger, which was a great performance, by the way. You know, one. Of so you're the, talking one about, yeah, not the first Batman, but the even the, the first, first Batman is good too. Yeah, even the first but. one. Like if we go, we don't have to go just Dark Knight, but like even the first Batman it was a good story. Like there's just yeah. more story there. Definitely. And and I'm not saying DC gets it right all the time because they fucked it up with a lot nah, of movies. They're, they came they're mostly out with horrible. Yeah, <laughs> they're but mostly horrible. Batman is a good example yeah. of compelling story in there because there's a lot going on that they just taken directly from the material that was already the source material is just a lot. But you got a you I mean you got a screenwriter that's going that's you know also the director that's which I think is um, helpful a lot of time for translating vision. But I mean he you know. Um, Talking about uh, what's his name again? Nolan. Chris, yeah, Nolan. So yeah, Nolan. I mean, he he went on to do other compelling uh, movies. Yeah, yeah. He done. He did Memento. So when he when a person that's already a good, a great writer like that tackles something like Batman, you know, I, it you know it's kind of hard to. I'm not saying it's hard to mess it up. I would say that I would expect him to bring that level of storytelling to that. Kind of. So what. You're correct, but what I'm saying is that the source material to begin with is more compelling. Yeah. Right? If if you read comic books Definitely. or if, if you're a comic book fan, or more compelling, you, you're saying than than uh, you think Batman is more compelling than absolutely uh, Spider Man. Absolutely, because if you read the Marvel books, they're not as the stories aren't as compelling as the Batman stories, right? If you look at whatever it is, the the Long Halloween, the Hush series, the these are way more know. compelling. I would say that X Men is probably one of the most compelling things I've read. Like as far as the comic books, um, I like I personally like X Men. Every time I try to read a Batman comic, um, and I grew up reading a bunch of comics, but every time I try to read Batman, it just wasn't for me. It was a little little boring, I would say. But that's just that. personal taste. I can see that. But yeah. I mean, even if you look at the the X Men films, which which have been travesties. Yeah, the X Men films really. I mean, if you look at like the comic book stuff, I mean that that's, that stuff is way better. I don't even understand why they didn't pull from because the whole the whole thing is is it's almost like it's a metaphor for minorities. You know, um, X Men because they were you know shunned by the by society they they basically were black <laughs> you know what i mean they and other people were racist against them you know so mutants so it's a little bit of you know what i'm saying it's it's a little bit of um metaphorical uh sure. storytelling in there behind it so it, it kind of and symbolism and all of that stuff so it, in the in the comic books and they didn't really transfer that into the movies they just tried to cram a bunch of you know, superheroes together, and it, I don't know. I think um, I think they were travesties. It's horrible. I I thought the apocalypse. I thought was, Logan was good, which I, I was looking forward to. You know, apocalypse is a big, big, yeah. big deal. Yeah, kind of yeah, fucked that yeah, up. They fucked it up. Uh, Definitely. Uh, which new, one was the one where they went to Egypt and did all of that? Sh all that shit. I think that was apocalypse. That was the apocalypse yeah. one. Yeah, that was horrible. Oh my god! I think um, that was so bad. The new one that they're coming out with, Phoenix Rising, which you know when Jean Grey becomes the, the Phoenix and all yeah. that, it's a big storyline. They're probably gonna fuck that up too. I mean, it's and I get that it's hard to take that and actually turn that into a film. You know, yeah, what you're trying to do is extremely hard. It would yeah. be like trying to. You know, in Transformers, trying to bring in Unicron or something like th these things, where you get the bigger entities that are overarching. Yeah, and it's hard to translate. You know, how do you show that? How do you bring that across the same way it would come across 
in a you know four four panel four panels on a page in a comic is it's just different but again they they drop the ball on a, on it so many times that yeah you but can't I, I would think that i mean you would like something like the the phoenix i just think that's it's so much there you can do but i think they try to do go too big too fast too quick into where it's like you know it's a more of a spectacle than a story and the story comes second you know so i think it if they simplify it and make it more um character driven and we find out more about her like i haven't watched it so i don't know if it's good or not but they might might have done that but i think it, i don't think it's come out or it might have just came out i don't yeah it's in the it's in the theaters now okay so it's just it just came out yeah it just came out so yeah i, I <clears throat> I don't mean, go, I, they, have, they have so much. It's going to be trash. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. I mean, they got, uh, what's her name? What's her name in it from Game of Thrones? She's actually a really good actress. Yes, she is, which we're calling uh, Jean Grey. Yeah, Jean um, Grey, yep. So, yeah. Um, for the smaller guy, let's get back down to the small level, though. Get off the blockbuster bullshit. Yeah, so um, I, I think when you're, you know, starting out like I, I i'm not that deep into um as far as career wise into my screenwriting career i'm just kind of kicking it off so i've been just researching a whole bunch of things and and learning different things and writing and reading scripts and and that's what i think people should do you know um basically is just read as much as you can and 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 start writing as much as you can and make it a um a habit you know and then you know just be okay with writing a bunch of trash <laughs> you know for for a little bit and and then get better over time as you watch more movies read more scripts read screenwriting books you know the art of dramatic storytelling and you know um yeah it definitely some stuff takes like a that. while to get yeah, it's a definitely chops. a long burn with, and it, it's, I mean, it's training yourself too. You know, the repetition helps. Yeah. You know, if you're not a natural writer, some people are natural writers. And what I mean by natural writers, it, they can just sit down and write and write and write and write and write. Yeah. Whereas others, you know, they have to think about it, write, think about it, write. It's, it doesn't come as easily, you know, until you train yourself to start to write. So, I mean, developing those habits, even if it's just an hour a day, right? If you're working on a story and you can spend it one hour or 30 minutes a day, you know, if you do it every day, you will see progress. And that's, you know, you should, that, that should be a good starting point right. for people starting out. Just spend a little bit of time a day, you know, and make it consistent every day. If you know you have, you know, 30 minutes in the morning between 9 and 9.30 or 30 minutes in the evening or an hour in the evening between whatever, 7 and 8, right. make that your every day. You know, between seven and eight, I'm going to sit here. And even if I only get, you know, 50 words on a page, I'm going to get 50 today, 50 tomorrow. And you'll start to see it increase. But the repetition has to be there, you know, and you have to commit to, you know, writing a story. It would behoove you to kind of, you know, try to flesh it out in your head a little bit going forward. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you can't just sit down and put a ton of stuff on the page and then go back and edit it later. You know, none of this is stuck in stone nowadays. We're not using typewriters anymore. You know, you're using some sort of software, uh, whether it be Final Draft, whether it be Celtics, whether, you know, don't use Word or anything like that. You need something that's going to assist you with formatting it correctly if you're brand new to this. Um, but you can find free options there. Writer Duet, uh, Writer Duet 
is a is another good option. There's mm-hmm. tons of options out there for you. You know, just Google screenwriting software and you know put free in there if you don't want to pay for the shit. Um, just to get you started. Right. And then you know from there, you know once you get your story, you know getting it from page to creation is a whole different. You know what do you do with it, right? If you're a new person, you got a story now. You worked extremely hard on this. You spent the last you know three months or three years, whatever it may be. You know, getting this out. Now, what do you do with it? Where does it go? Does it collect dust? Do you take it somewhere physically? Do you put it in the mail? Are you emailing it? You know, like, what are you doing with it once it's done? Um, hopefully, you're making another one. Because <laughs> you need you need at least... 20. Yeah, you need, you need to go through a whole bunch like of scripts. 38 scripts on that. And um, uh, one thing I heard is going thinking about like a six script kind of uh cycle to where you know most of those scripts are not going to get made but one out of those six was going to get you some attention you know that's basically what i've heard from somebody else and um you should always have a backup script right so not to cut you off but you know if you are in a position where you're able to get a meeting right and you know you're sitting down and you're pitching whether it's a studio whether it's a production company, whoever you're pitching, you know, and they're listening, they may not like it, but you're in the meeting, right? If they don't mm-hmm. like it, you should always have an alternative that you could go to, well, okay, you guys don't, how about this? And you, so you should always have a couple of different scripts in your in your back pocket at Definitely. all times, you know, that you could bring out if you're, again, looking to be a writer and pitch but- and or sell your material to be made. If you're making it yourself, well, then... It, it, there's a linear path there. You know, you write it and then you create it or you write it, write another one and create it and then come back to it or whatever the case may be. But you're all encompassing there, you know, trying to do, as you mentioned earlier, the Quentin Tarantino where you write your script and you make it or the Spike Lee where you write your script and then you make it or, you know, several writer directors that actually write their material and then they make it. Tyler Tyler Perry being one, right? He writes it and he fucking makes it. And, you know. Yeah, not all, everybody wants to do that. Correct. But, but, um, one thing that you said, you know, if they're in a meeting, they they've already they're writers. You know what I mean? They're they're like they they if they made it so far as to be in a, a meeting, they're not a they're not gonna be a beginner. They should have multiple things. Well, that's already. not necessarily the case. You know, keep in mind that you know there there is a democratization that that is taking place nowadays to where it's you know things are easier. It's easier to access people. You know, so even if you're not a part of, yeah. you know anything and you're brand new right you could still potentially reach out it's maybe possible, you, maybe yeah. you put your your script up on blacklist and somebody saw it there and they want to call you in to talk about you know maybe picking it up right yeah they, that, that uh, means you you're good yeah <laughs> but that happens in today's day and age yeah. so th- that's happening more often than not so yeah they you saying like make sure they um, i mean yeah you, you should definitely be prepared with another story um and multiple ideas maybe even another treatment you know something to to actually pitch if they don't like that idea um or they're not sold on it and you are well i got something else you know um yeah definitely and plus you're if you have an agent they're going to want you to be writing a lot of scripts as many as possible anyway but for people that are are new um yeah, we're not talking about, you know, if, if you're already a part of fucking Writers Guild. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, you know, whether it's East or West, you know, we're not. <laughs> you're a writer. Yeah. But for the new people, for the brand, and a lot of people want to break in. There are people that, 
you know, want to create stories, especially, you know, a lot of young black creatives out there that are trying to break in that couldn't break in before because, you know, the, the gatekeepers wouldn't allow you in. Yeah. Right. The, those doors are, are traditionally blocked off and they still are. If you look at just analytically, statistically, the numbers of, you know, white writers versus black writers, especially as it pertains to writer, writing rooms all across the country right. for these television shows, for these cable shows. Yeah. You know, we are still drastically in the minority. I think I agree with you. But one thing I was uh, about to say is basically that um, I think new if you're a new writer, you shouldn't even think about all that. I think you should think about the craft of of storytelling first and get good before you even have to worry about all of that stuff. You you have to get good first. Um, you know, put your you have to get some coverage. You you got to get um, people telling you that your work is good or that the story that the script is good. Um, and and not your your friends. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure your friends help a little bit, but no, they always they, gonna yeah, they they're always the gonna be it. on your team. They sugarcoat it. Yeah, you need you need you need some professional coverage. You know, you need need to pay somebody probably, and um, let them read your stuff and give you real notes. You know, um, and so one thing about writing though, it's it's an interesting discipline because like it is it takes discipline and it's. You know, most most of the time, artists don't have a lot of discipline. So some probably incredible writers that could be incredible, um, they don't make it to that level because they don't have the discipline to sit down and write every day. You know, and it's it's it's, it's a weird balancing act to have that discipline and be a creative type person who doesn't even you know might not like structure or not you know that's why we don't have nine to fives that's why we do we choose a creative career because we're we're more you know um we 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 like creative people we take it as it comes we use our imagination we use we take inspiration um a lot of times to do things but when you're a writer you you you, you can't wait for inspiration like especially if you're working you have to just be consistent even when you don't feel like writing or you don't have that inspiration, you, it, you have to work. And that's that makes you a professional at that time. If you're working when you don't feel like doing it, to me, that, that makes you serious about this as a career and as a profession. Yeah, which is where the, you know, the 30 minutes a day or the hour a day would come into play. Right. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, it, it's extremely hard if you only have a limited amount of time. And you sit down and write, and then all of a sudden, magically, you now have to turn on the creativity. It just doesn't work that way right. when it comes to writing. You know, you can't just sit down and oh, uh, boom! You know, creativity come to me. Or it's a very mental, in, mentally intensive thing to do. But you still should, even if even if it's just pecking at it. You know, just a little bit a day goes a long way because you'll find what happens is as you start to create this habit of spending a little bit of time actually doing it per day. The other time when you're not doing it, your mind is still going to drift back to it, which now puts you in a perpetual cycle of yeah. throughout the day now focusing on it. You may not be sitting down writing. You may just be out having lunch or over here somewhere. And all of a sudden you're thinking about, OK, you know, what if, you know, I opened a scene like this or what if this happened and it's a climax? You know, you'll start to notice your brain is is constantly even when you're not working, it's working on it. And when you come back to write, you'll start to flesh these things out more and more. Or you'll jot them down peri periodically throughout the day. You can use notes on your phone or just little thing, voice memo, you know, to keep it intact. But you'll start to realize that you're going to spend more and more time on it by default 
just by creating the habit of spending a little bit of time on it day to day. I totally agree. And um, if you don't have a lot of time, uh, you could look at this book. It's a uh, it's a book by Pilar Alessandra called The Coffee Break Screenwriter. And um, I actually went to one of her classes and she's she's dope with story like um, she she also has a podcast, by the way. But um, yeah, it's basically about writing your screenplay a little bit at a time when you have time. So even if you could spend 10 minutes on it, you know, you might come up with a line of dialogue or something, you know, um, on your on your coffee break or your lunch break after work. At, you know, if you got kids or whatever, when they, wherever you put them to the bed, if you could work on your screenplay for an hour or whenever you can, um, it's, it's always going to uh, be a positive thing to work on it, regardless if you come up with something that's going to blow people's minds right then in that moment. It might not be that, but it, it might be just something like you getting all of the garbage out first, you know, um, before you because in order to in order to get good at writing, you have to write something that's kind of bad first. And then you got to look at it and be like, OK, well, let's change this. Let's let, I mean, it doesn't have to be bad, but you have to get something out first so you can analyze it and then start f- figuring it out like a puzzle, because I, I think writing is like. It is like a puzzle. You're putting pieces together and you're trying to figure out what's going to, you know, what's going to resonate with people also. But also like what you're creating an entire world and the world has rules and you need to stick to the rules. And yeah. And if you, you know, um, go away from what you set up, you know, then then it's going to be a problem. And if you set some if you have something that's a scene um, like, for instance, somebody shoots somebody. Um, it's good to have to set up that, you know, that that person has a gun or something in a, in a way earlier in the screenplay. That way, you know, when they shoot somebody, that's the payoff, for, or, you know, for instance. Yeah. And you could back your way into, you know, sometimes people have issues with writer's block, which is a real thing. And, you know, for new writers, oftentimes, I don't you believe know, in writer's block. Coming coming with coming out with a whole story could be a little bit difficult. You know, you could work your way into it backwards, right? Come yeah. up with the ending first, you, so you know what happens at the end. Now, how do we get there? And you could, yeah, you know, yeah, work you your way reverse engineering. Absolutely, yeah. it is an easy way to create a story if yeah. you're having trouble because you know that you want to do X, right? X is going to happen at the end. They're going right. to ride off to the sunset. Well, how do they get there? What happens leading, and you can just back your way into it yeah. as an easy way of writing. Um, to piggyback on what you said. Um, earlier, I saw a tweet from Shonda Rhimes a while ago where she was saying that, you know, if you want to be a writer, you know, if you're like a working parent or she was talking to women, you know, you feel like you're you're later in life and you don't have the time. You know, if you take an hour a day and just write kind of same thing that we're talking about here, yeah. you know, you'll see reiterated from a variety of different people in different positions because there's a lot of truth to it. You know, if you just sit down and, and focus and spend a little bit of time. You know, you'd be surprised what you can get done in 30 days, just spending an hour or 30 minutes a day. You know, if you're a stay at home mom, you know, and the kids go to school, you know, and you could carve out 45 minutes during the day to, to write or whatever the case may be. If you're right. working and you get off, you'd be surprised what could happen in 30 to 60 days. Exactly. If, you, if you're writing every day for like 30 minutes to an hour. And if you have your goals, like what, how many pages you want to do in a week, you know? Like it, five to ten pages. Yeah. If you write ten pages, 
you know, um, every week, what you got, 40 pages in a month, you got a whole script in like three, four months. Yeah, you can have it sooner than that, you know, if yeah. if you really push it, you know, or if, or if you know what you want to write. Like if you have your story in your head already, some people have a story in their head already that they just haven't written and they want to write and, you know, it'll pour out of you because yeah. you've already been sitting with it for a certain period of time. So if you just do a couple of pages a day and you can set yourself up that way, right? I'm going to write three pages a day for the next 60 days, right? Right. And then, you know, before you know it, you're there. Yep. And that's with anything, right? Like yeah. any type of discipline, you, you have to you have to put that time in and it doesn't necessarily, you don't have to figure it all out at once. You know, it's it's a process. So you have to trust the process. You have to go um, stick to what your goal is. Hey, I want to write a screenplay 120 pages um if i do this many pages you know per week like i was saying then i would get to it at this time and um you got to just set it for yourself and the the thing i think um stops a lot of people is anxiety and self-doubt so if you can push through that type of stuff and just like stick to it and almost do it like hey i gotta brush my teeth this morning i also gotta write this uh, a page in my screenplay you know what i mean like making it habitual you know um habit and so what do you think um so that's a lot of lot of uh advice on how to stay consistent and you know get your work finished but the actual talking about the actual craft what what do you think is a like a good way to start a, a film or start a cre- a screenplay um and I know we don't have a story that we're thinking, but um, I, what's a what's a good way to grab your viewer? That's that's the type of things that um, writers should be thinking about. Is it first of all is is your story um, something that has a good premise? You know, because most writers, if you if if you have a bad premise. Then the story is it's gonna be hard to make a good story out of that that more most people yeah. wanna like care about, you know. So your premise has to be there. And I know that's very vague, but um you I know, mean you it, could just Google premise and how to make a good premise. But film um, is a slow burn. Yeah. For all intensive purposes, right? So if especially if we're talking about feature length film, right? We're talking about anywhere we'll say We'll, we'll give it a little leeway here and say anywhere from 80 pages to 120 pages is a feature length script. Right. So it, it can't just jump off the page, you know, page one, scene one, right? No. <laughs> it, it, this is a slow burn. So I get what you're saying, you know. It and, can, and that's though. What, and I that's mean, why I'm peeling back the layers here for the new person. You know, you can't. They should read um uh that, that what's that movie? Nightcrawler. Like, when I was reading, that's one of my favorite scripts to read, and it's one of my favorite movies too. But uh, they, that's, they, that's definitely we'll get to that later. But go ahead, go ahead. yeah. <laughs> go ahead. But but that, the the way that that screenplay the play is even written, it doesn't have like um, it doesn't have like a, a traditional way of writing. Like it, it's it's just it goes it move it makes your eyes move when you when you're looking at that screenplay, and from from the beginning when it starts off. You already know that this person is a dishonest person. He he basically snuffs the um the the security guard and he's stealing um 
you know, he's stealing uh, what gate? He's stealing pieces of the gate mm -hmm. so that he can send to the uh, go to the scrapyard and get some money from. So you are that tell see that type of thing to me is engaging. That's compelling because we we already know who he is, what kind of person he is, and we know what he wants. He wants money. He wants success. And he's willing to lie. He he and he, he might be a bit of a psychopath. You know what I mean? So now we we're now you're in the world. You know that brings you into the world, and now you can you know um, suspend disbelief and just watch this dude and see what he does. You know, yeah, but that only works if you're doing a certain genre of film. So it, I mean, that, it works for that. Like correct. yeah, of course. It, yeah. So you're boxed in there. So. Good advice, but again, what are you writing, right? For the, yeah, for the new writer yeah. out there, what are you are you writing a, a romantic com? Is it a rom com? Is it a thriller? Is but it I a think drama? for anything, it it, you know, what are you writing? You know, would dictate the pacing of your story when you introduce certain elements and how you introduce them are extremely important in the screenplay. Right. You know, that's what I'm saying. I'm just yes. saying it has to be interesting from the beginning and. Correct, but not, it doesn't necessarily interesting. Doesn't necessarily mean action packed, jump off the page. No, no, no. And I, that's what I want. I mean, it has to jump off like, your page in an emotional way too. You know, you that, need to be able to build suspense and build up, right? Yeah. That, that's what film is really good at, and, and that's what makes a good screenplay. Like, but in order to even build the suspense, you gotta make them care. Correct. So yeah. you you want people to be attached to certain characters, whoever they may be, right? Because that that way they buy into the story. And now they're yep. they're interested, they're invested in you know this character or this character, and they want to see what happens throughout exactly. the story and mm -hmm. finish it out. So th that investment can come in a variety of different ways, right? And, and really, I think that writers should think about that. You know, how it just can can't you be boring in the correct? Beginning. You know, <laughs> how do you garner interest in a character? You know, what are they doing that that is interesting and or, you know, will, will tie in compelling, right? Because they, they got to be able to relate to the to the person in some type of way. Like um, not always. I mean, again, a, we, we, we like a lot of, you know, we follow superhero movies. We follow yeah, like, sci-fi. Everybody can relate to certain things. If and, I'm watching Star Wars, what am I relating to? Um, Obi-Wan? No, I'm saying like, OK, Star Wars. You're talking about Luke, Luke Skywalker. Um was he an orphan or something? Or I don't. I, I forgot the exact story of Star Wars. Is Darth Vader, his father. You know, I, I get where you're going. Yeah, with this, it, like, there's stuff that you could relate to to that character when when he's starting when they introduce the character. What is the, which is what not having a father? I don't know. I, I don't know how they <laughs> which introduce, is nuts for like a, a. I can't remember what the how they introduce uh, Luke Skywalker off the top of my head or whatever. But if um, I mean. It's, it's just you just have to like even with like you have a killer they have that of course that save the cat moment as they call it yeah that 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 you could be like okay um he he's a killer but at least he loves his his daughter or his dog or whatever it is you try to find a way yeah in to create so you, some sort of yeah to bring make them more human so people can relate to that person and then like connect with that person in some way and then because that your main character is the proxy for for the audience that's the that's the person who's going to bring the audience through this journey so they gotta even with the person is a horrible person they still have they could relate to like some of their negative aspects you know what i mean so you're saying if i'm the protagonist i'm not uh relatable the audience is relating to me 
No, I'm saying you are um, relatable in some not not relatable like oh you're relatable to everybody, but there's certain different characteristics about a person. Like if you uh, you know um, everybody wants to be rich, for example. If and people can understand that okay, this character wants to be rich and they're doing this to to get rich. They're killing this guy to get this money. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't mean that that's a good person, but that could be your protagonist. That could be your protagonist, and you can and go on a ride that with that them. People can identify with the, the reasoning behind the why. Yeah, right. He's exactly. doing this because right. he lives on a street, and or you know he's trying to put food exactly. in his belly, etc. Okay. His 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 daughter um, that needs like some bullshit. Needs some medical. <laughs> no, I'm saying <laughs> like okay, you. if if his daughter needs a uh, needs a you know some medical. Um, you know treatment or whatever yeah. that he can't afford and he goes rob the bank you know what i'm saying he or, kills or, somebody or, or takes over a hospital like john q yeah exactly you know what i mean so you could relate to like what he's going through but you can't relate to taking over a hospital but you can relate to like okay i get it you yeah know what th- I mean? th- this individual would do whatever it takes to protect the, the life of their child and then yes, you think about what you would do like would i even do that then you start of relating course. to it on that level and too. that makes it that makes for great storytelling yes because it yes. touches something inside of you that triggers something that says hey if i was in this position you know what would i do to protect my child if they need right. a transplant would i go this far you know most people probably would say yes you know like yeah so yes th- that does make for great storytelling if if you can write in that manner you're on and that's why transformers is so bad right because and, and all of the above uh action-packed you know super uh yeah because what does uh shia labeouf's character want and i have no idea i like uh, he, he wants he wants to ride around with bumblebee all day so i don't, yeah, I have I don't no even clue. know what he uh, no. what, what's his purpose you know so yeah but, it's it's um yeah, good are, stories you can you you can kind of put yourself in that in the shoes of even if it's an alien or something you know and i feel like there are fewer and fewer good stories coming out now that i think about it right when i look at the landscape of film and i'll roll in television there too um because television is like the new indie film and it has been for several years now because there's a lot of good um yeah definitely. storytelling you know, creativity. It's a lot of trash. Visually too. engaging uh, shows that have been created via cable um, over the last couple of years. Definitely. But I do feel like that it's just diminished. Like I said before, you know, obviously we know the studio system has, has moved to a blockbuster format where they're not invested in any smaller, compelling films. But even on an indie landscape, and it could be how we consume um, in, in today's day and age with Netflix, with the the I call it the super age of consumption where people are watching yeah, things and they want things. and they want new things immediately right yeah. if you're making something if you're making an episodic um, show for Netflix right as an example or Amazon or whoever and you know whatever it's twelve episodes you just spent the last year and a half working on this right you spent a year and a half of your life working on this for somebody to watch this shit in twelve hours and then be like I want something new is it I think that's good though. It's insane because what is <laughs> one what the problem is that there's no replay value nowadays. Right? So and this is how a lot of people became super successful much, back in the day. Stuff. Exactly. So when you look at you know, let's go eighties, nineties, right? And you look at uh let's say Jaws, let's yeah. say like um 
People e- still watch those movies. E- even even your horror, your your Freddies, your Jasons, even your coming to America. Exact. The the replay value there is so high that it elevated the filmmakers. Yeah. Right, even for Star Wars, which was which was a huge hit, but again, the replay value is so. Even if you look at smaller movies, Shawshank Redemption. Try to talk it to your mic a little more too. Oh, hold on, am I am I down? No, no, just I'm just saying, like just just talk to the mic a little little more, because so it's going to be a little anyway. Yeah. Okay. It. What you're saying now, replay value. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Yeah. Um it's just gone. So. But I don't think that's a problem. I just think. That you know, it, it's more opportunities for for people in that space because they just need so much more content. You know, uh, it, it takes a while to create content, right? So you know, it's not for it to be this easily digestible, and then you move on. You would constantly have to be creating, and you can't really garner the the upward momentum that people could back in the day. And I get that the the, the playing field is different now, but it's it, again it's like a it's a lose lose to a degree because if you're making things on an indie level, you have to make that much more content to stand out, and the cost yeah. to do it, the barrier to entry as far as the cost to make these projects is still exponentially high. That's why I think a lot of people are doing things like web series, which are, you know. It's still you know content on a consistent basis, but it's it's shorter. You know what I mean. So maybe doing a whole season is like doing an indie film, you know. But you still are make giving people a lot of content to come, so they could keep come checking it, checking for you. And that's what you want. You want people to keep checking for you. You want attention. You want people on uh, eyes on you. So well, you want more than the attention you, because you can't. I mean, it starts with the attention. Yes, but it's hard to it's hard to monetize web series in the same way you can monetize a film because it's primarily web. And what I mean by that is they're not necessarily taking web series and and putting them on any sort of television stations and or streaming platforms like that. Yeah, I don't I, I don't look at web series as a way. I mean, you you can definitely monetize it if you get a following and stuff, but um, that takes a long that takes a minute. But I would say that it's more like a resume type thing. If you know, to intro, show people but what an intro you to what? Do. What is it introing you to? Again, the the seg the, there's no direct segue from web series to there can be right there there are examples, but to go you the natural progression is from web series to television show. Because that's what it's most like, right? Episodic. So there is no direct translation from one to the other. So for the people that are garnering momentum, which there are a lot of people on on YouTube right now that get a lot of views for web series. I mean, like a lot of fucking views. You know, people are tuned in, they're watching, and they have been for a couple of years, and nothing's fucking happened. That's why I say it's not just the views. It's more like, even if you don't have that many views, if people can see... Like people that are important when I'm talking about like if you're in in those circles, if you're moving and, and networking and you're like, oh, yeah, check out my screen, check out my um, web series, check out my short film. You, you having something to show people is, you know, part of your resume. Listen, creators out there, if you're waiting for the gatekeeper to find you, he's not coming. Let, let, let me help you out here. Newsflash. Nobody's fucking coming. That's so why you all, have to. Go, the, that's why you have to be active yeah. and actually go out and network and go, you know, 
go to to the gate. You got to find them. And once but, they once they see you, <laughs> and and you look like us, it's not happening. We only have so many slots for you, Darky. <laughs> let, let, let me help you out here. But it, it's isn't not, that so? But no, on, isn't yeah. that a defeatist mentality? Like um, you, that might be true to to an extent. And there's no might. We have numbers. Okay, we that's talked true about to an writer. Extent, we right. talked about writers' rooms. We talked about what I'm saying is that I wouldn't spend your time spinning your wheels trying to find a gatekeeper. I would focus on how you can do it yourself. Like that's a it's fruitless to go and seek out the people that don't really want you. Right, you're, you're you're wasting your time there, and and this is a problem that we've had for years. We hear people talk about it. You know, Tyler Perry just tried to talk. I'm not a huge Tyler Perry fan, but he just tried to talk about it. You know, in his speech where he was saying, you know, everybody's screaming, "Oscar's so white," and wanting to be accepted and go over. Listen, if if you're trying to fuck that, I'm, I'm let me help you out here. That's but not you, coming. Do you think that they should not make web series? No, what I'm saying is that once you garner the momentum. You shouldn't run around and try to find, you know, the the, the studio. Hey, hey, I look at me. I got right. success over here. Bring me on. Right, That's but, what I'm saying. But you, what, you need to, you need to make the web series. I'm with mm -hmm. you. We're with you on there. We're talking right. about once you have the attention, once it once you got the momentum. What are your next steps? And you're saying yeah. go out and network with no fuck that. No, no, no. Yeah, I was saying that you you were saying like if if um they don't. If they have followers, they can't translate it. And I was just, I was just saying that if even if you, even if you have um, few followers, if you've done something, you know what I mean. That that is a positive. Absolutely, that's, that's all I'm saying. Absolutely. Like, so if people, if you could show people, whoever they may be, they might be gatekeepers or they might be people you want to collaborate with. If you could show them something, that's always better than yeah, you I, not I'm having saying anything. Take the people around you. You know, the people that, that are either like-minded or are working on the same level you're working on and band together and bring each other up. Because yeah. the, the, we know the money's gone. We just talked about earlier that they're not even giving out little bits of money. Like, and little bit by little bit, I mean, you know, anywhere from a million to 10 million, you know. They're not even giving out that type of money anymore for smaller films that they don't believe in. And they don't believe in none of them anymore because they've invested in a, in a blockbuster system. Right. So where do you go? Right. That that's been eradicated. That that low budget quote unquote you know well, you indie do, film has you been. Have to do some stuff like um, it depends on what you want to do, right? Let's say like I want to create my own shit and put it out on YouTube. How do you monetize that? Right. If you're trying to monetize that. Well, you have to make you have to be consistent about content. And you got to make a lot of content. And you could do things like, I mean, don't rely on obviously the the, the YouTube ad revenue because that's nothing. No, you could add Patreon. You you could add you things could on, Patreon, but the, the real question is, how do you monetize that to make it a living wage? And and that's the real. That's question. what we're trying to figure out. Yeah, <laughs> what, what everyone's trying to figure out, but right. not it's not how you monetize it because there's a linear path to monetization. We know what you do to be able to monetize it. The right. question is, how do you make a living? wage off of that and and that's the real because you know one of these days on this podcast we're going to talk about what you were talking about earlier when you mentioned like you know the the, the freelancing and all of this shit you know and and everybody out here working you know 82 fucking jobs to make less than seventy five thousand a year is nuts and you just go get a regular fucking job like we're going to talk about that because this is part of it right 
tons of people want to be creative they're doing all of these things they're, they're monetizing it over here and they're getting like bits and pieces of money you know youtube's well, making a killing that all of them no, they, i mean they, 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 there are very money, few people making six figures off of youtube and i do mean very you few think? it's more than you think no it's, it's not, not compared to the amount of people on I'm just looking at the percentage. But everybody's not going to be consistent. Everybody's not going to have great content. Correct, correct. So, so, so the cream rises to the top, I believe, in any arena. And that percentage is still probably less than 1%. But it's always going to be that. Like, it's always going to be... Not, I mean, back in the day, you couldn't even shoot a film. You know what I'm saying? Like, you didn't... Ha unless you could afford a, 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 an expensive camera. Yes. So that was a barrier entry um, right yeah, that's, there. That's the reason a lot of people went to film school, just to get equipment. But yeah. yes. So it wasn't that many. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like the opportunities was like anybody who wanted to be a filmmaker, they could just do it. You know what I mean? Now anybody who even think they can do a, be a filmmaker or be anything, they just start doing it. So it's like a lot of people who are unqualified. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people who might not have you know great work so you these people still don't get to do it that, that's my point like they, yes they could do it well they just might not make no money off it but they can do whatever they want to do you know what i'm saying they can make films with their their phone or they can buy a thousand dollar camera and learn all the technical stuff and maybe they can make dope ass uh videos and have great cinematography but maybe the story isn't there you know what i mean maybe they don't understand story so it, it i just think that um I think we're living in a great time for creating content and being a filmmaker. It just takes a lot more work. Uh, I, I think we're living in a great time for creating content, yes. I don't know if I would include and being a filmmaker because, again, I feel like the money's dried up. I feel like, you know, it's harder now. You know, again, like if you're doing something, we'll say, quote unquote, professionally, you know, as a career path. And you can't make a living off of it, then I don't feel like it's a great time. Well, I, I think people can make. I think people are making a living off off of what they want to do. It's just you have to think about it in a different way. You know, you have to be a business person too. You know, like that back in the day. I guess it's harder now. Yeah, because you have to do everything. You have to be the marketing person. You have to be. You know, what I'm saying you have to understand how to market and and, and run a business in order to make money so even if you're like using the films to sell t-shirts you know what i mean like that you got to kind of which would enable it which wouldn't a different be, way i know? mean it wouldn't be a you wouldn't be necessarily a narrative filmmaker if you're doing that why not you could you could in order to be a narrative filmmaker how, how all you need to do is tell a narrative Right, Te technically, right? Yeah, but but are we talking about making films, or are you talking about short form content? Because give me a long form film where you're pitching a T-shirt. Well, that's what I'm saying. You, I'm talking about more short form content would work for that. You know what I mean? So if you're doing a long form, so you so you're describing a so model you, though where you where you're not necessarily. But hold you, on, like filming, like but check this out though. You can use short form content to also sell your film. I'm you clear. Know what I mean? I'm clear. But so, I'm, I'm just saying for the listener, mm -hmm. let's. What are we talking about? Are we talking because a minute ago we were talking about filmmaking, like you know films. Now we we've segued into short form content. Yeah, because right? only because we were talking about like which is different. So I just YouTube want to distinguish. Band. So if if people are listening and not thinking like, well, they, damn, they talk about 
you know, making a fucking film and selling a T—that's crazy, right? But so, no, <laughs> yeah, you know, like we—I'm just using that as an example. Like, if you, if you, if you want to, the road to becoming a filmmaker is could be it like so varied today. You know what I mean? That's always the case. If we if we take thirty filmmakers and put them in a room right now, every one of them will have it. Old, and I mean old filmmakers not yeah. just new ones every one of them will have a different story about how they got on the guy over here was, was worked his way up through the studio system somebody over here you know just happened to shoot a film and it went oh. off at Sundance somebody over here their friend was there's there's never the same path this is the same with music and entertainment in general you sit 20 people in a room they all got a different story about how they became a superstar so my thing is or, do you think it's easier to become a filmmaker to to um, back then than it is today. Yes, and I I disagree because it, it was different. Well, let let, let me levels. Let, let me preface that by saying yes, if you could make a film. Because okay, if you have a film because, already, yeah. Nowadays, yeah. if you have a film, you still can't get on, and this is the problem. Like okay. before, if you had a film, you, you know you could go to traditional routes. You could go to your. Um, your Sundances, you know, your South by your, your festival, do the festival circuit, try to line up an agent, etc. So and, you think that you, is you dead could, now? I think that it's become so inundated, so overly saturated that yes, it's hard because the again the money isn't there for the so what we see now oftentimes is people that go there with great compelling content, the film doesn't get acquired, it doesn't get picked up. You know, you, even if you go back a few years to like 2009, when we look at like Ava DuVernay, right? Yeah. When, when she won, right? She won Sundance. Yeah. Didn't get anything. They didn't pick up the film. You didn't get a fucking agent. You can. There's nothing there anymore, right? So she how had, did she, she had to continue she on. It? Well, she just kept making more films. You know, the, her, her, she had a little bit of, and by a little bit of money, I think it was like 40 grand or whatever. But she had a little bit of money, and she came from, I think, a marketing background. Um, okay. So she just used you know what little bit of money she had but she had to keep making it and keep pushing and this is my point right nowadays and that was that was like 09 right 2009 2010 etc we fast forward now 10 years later it's even harder than it was then and it's only getting more hard it's the same as it is with music it's only getting more crowded and the money is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller i think it's a terrible model like and and everybody's screaming oh but i have a chance now no, you don't. The, 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 we've given you the illusion that you have a chance, but let's be real. There's only but so many slots, right, only so but so many. You know, the gatekeepers still control that. So yeah, you you got it. You can make it. Put it up on YouTube. Put it on Vimeo. You know, do whatever you want to do with it. Cool, but you still can't really get. And that's what you hear the people that that are in the business screaming about. Same as you hear the music people screaming about. Yo. You could put, yeah, you could do all of this over here, but you only getting point oh six cents per stream. I remember when the albums was eighteen ninety nine, bro. Yeah, you, you no, they're playing you. But the people at the bottom are, are just happy to say, "Hey, I'm here now." Hey, I'm here. no, you're, you're getting jerked. The same as the freelancer, you're getting jerked, b. If you're driving for Uber, if you're doing, if you got to do three fucking freelance jobs to make five hundred dollars a week just to say you don't got a nine to five, you're getting jerked. Like let's like let's call it what it is, you know. Like, but are you getting? I mean, nobody's forcing you to do uh, no. Uh, nobody, a, nobody's creative say, and creative, creative. Um, I think creative professions are. It, I think it's better now to be um 
to be a creative as as far as like access to all of the different stuff. But like you're saying the, the like the problem is I say, hey, I'm here. But I think people need to understand marketing, or they need to have no, somebody the, that understands look, marketing kn- with them. I know the tech companies making money. This is the issue. But they have okay hand over fist. So but, what, but, what, but whatever tech, example you want to look, if you want to use YouTube, if you want to use. But how how was it easier back then when they had to go to film school? They or or they have to have a camera. Well, it depends on or it depends on when you talk about back then. They like, need they need. Uh, I'm talking about like. Are we talking '90s or are we talking like what I just gave for for Ava DuVernay, which is like 2007, no, eight, nine. The, like, I'm talking about '80s, '90s, whenever. When it, it, when you're saying that it was like um, there was more money, but it was less of them. You know, correct, what I mean? correct, correct. So it, less people were able to be filmmakers. Now everybody can be a filmmaker. Yes. Everybody could be a musician. Yep. Everybody could say they're an entrepreneur. It, you yes. know what I mean? So and it, they and they do. Just because they say it, don't mean that they're doing the the steps or or doing the things that is going to bring them a career. You know what I mean? And yeah, you like all of these people had to work. You know, like be be wait like you know that's the whole thing about um, being a being a filmmaker in um, L.A. They they had there was waiters or they were, you they know still are washing you know cars I mean? yeah absolutely whatever you, you, you work they, in a restaurant yeah. while so you, you do auditions while you, during the day and yeah. try to wait for your big break. Yep. So I mean, I think it's the I think it's the same. It's just faster now and it's just way more saturated. I agree with you. And the longevity is gone. Is really what I'm getting at. When we look at a mm-hmm. career, we talk about longevity. If you're if you're eradicating the longevity, then then basically you're cutting. That's it. You're ending the career. So the the career path is much shorter now. So you might heat up for like two three years and then it's over. And Unless you keep make keep making compelling content or compelling whatever it is. Maybe if you're writing I, compelling I, scripts. Um, I mean, I don't see yes, how if, if you if if the opportunity is still present. I mean, there are. A number of factors that we can't get into all of them that make this scenario different for everyone so for some people I feel like yes you're you are correct they are able to maneuver for other individuals they're mm-hmm. not so much and and you know back then mm-hmm. in in the in the late 80s early 90s it wasn't that great either you know there was some black films that came out there was a great article that the New York Times put out like three days ago you know talking about Maddie Rich and, and a whole bunch of other black filmmakers that came out during the 90s and they, and they said that basically they were set up to fail and how they were ever never able to make you know Julie Dash with Daughters of Dust never able to make another film mm. again and it's 2019 now right so the, the, the system has always been against so we already know that I'm not like super pro Hollywood but what I'm saying is that the, the inundation of you know, people on a on a ground level right now, if the only means you have are these social sites, which individuals are using to try to heat up themselves, you know, doesn't provide one the necessary uh, financial gains, but the the social sites and or tech companies make a killing off of it, right? They're they're really coming up off of your creativity and the other persons and the other persons. And nobody's chiming in to say that. Like that that's how they're making their killing. I agree. I agree that Spotify um doesn't pay their their artists and I agree that YouTube ad revenue is is nothing. But 
Like you're you coming use, here for these people, right? You got to use the attention. You're people coming here for the funny, whatever you do, you know, the funny skits people are doing, even on yeah. Instagram, right? People are going to these pages. They're sucking the creativity from us and you get nothing in return. But the, the, the younger people, not saying me and you, but some of the younger people are so happy with the attention that they forego what's taking place. But they also know how to, uh, a lot of these younger people that I'm, that I'm looking at, like, I mean, it's, it's, I find new ones every day that are, that have uh, like over 200,000 followers that might have like 50,000 followers, 30,000 followers. And they're actually making a living off of, of what they're doing. Not because YouTube is paying them, but they're using the attention as leverage. Absolutely, you know what it's I mean. Basically, all you're it's doing a different model. So uh, co correct, you're taking you know the attention right here to divert to either a product or whatever else you have. Absolutely, right. That that's tried and true. I'm not denying that, but I'm saying the window again when we talk about career is still now so narrow that they're only hot for is. a certain period of time and then it's over. I think they if if you have I think you. If you want to do it without social media, yeah. Like, if you want to do it with, with like, just based on, um, you know, meeting people and doing it like old school, then of course that's gonna that's gonna that's harder than doing it through social media where all the attention is at because everybody's on their phone. So you just gotta go to where, no matter what you're doing, you need attention. You need people to. Put you need eyes on whatever you're doing. So so take so tie this in then back to the up and coming writer, right? Okay. How, yeah, y'all should quit. <laughs> Close your laptop. <laughs> how, 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 like how does that work, right? No, I see. That's that's the thing. Is like if you're an upcom up and coming writer, like you have to you have to get good first. I think. But once you're once you think you're good, I mean, what are what are the places you can go? You can go, you can either put yourself into like a, some try to get into some type of fellowship or you could you could write, yep. um, you can try to, to win a contest. One of the diversity programs, NBC offers them, uh, you know, yeah, Disney you can holler at uh, uh, managers and see if they like your work. And so so the social path doesn't work for them. Let's it move, does. Let's, it, let's move on for for the filmmaker, right? The, the, the director for the producer for the, for the director. It works a little better. Tie that in. What are they doing? Well, I'm they, just playing devil's advocate okay. here, but I'm just you know, like let's say, okay, I'm gonna just make up a a, a person, you know what I mean? Let's say this dude named uh, you know Tyrone. Yeah, Tyrone Tyrone Biggums. <laughs> he gets on he gets on Instagram and he starts making thirty second films, and he's consistent with that shit for about two years. He makes that's a thirty a long, second that's a long time. thirty 20, second twenty four months. Yeah, now he has a day? now he has like. You know, fifty thousand followers. Now he comes out with a film. You know what I mean? You think those followers are not going to watch his film? They they're definitely going to watch his film because they're used to they did. He branded himself as a filmmaker that makes compelling stories, Great even example. though they're like okay. quick thirty second let, stories. Let me ask you, you know this: I mean? um, as a follow up question, one, where are they watching the film? Because obviously, it's not in theaters. That's oh well, maybe he puts it in theaters on his own. Maybe. Or maybe he does a model where they're downloading it for for three dollars or whatever it is, or ten dollars. Okay. I don't, I don't from, know. from a website or from or, or yeah his from his website or, from or Vimeo yeah. or right. anywhere else where you could download. Right. YouTube has a red it or know, maybe he puts it on VOD. You know what I mean? Um, on a VOD place or maybe even gets it. Maybe Netflix notices him like 
them, you know, he making all of these. You, whoever's working with Netflix trying to find content, maybe they find his content or maybe he presents it to them. I mean, it's a bunch of things that could happen. Maybe you're at a, um, a networking party and then I'm they, just counting like, oh, you the guy that uh, does those little videos. I, I, I think I heard of you or whatever it is, you know. So I don't, I don't know. I'm just making I'm this stuff the up. the amount of maybes. <laughs> And you and you, there's a lot of maybe, but you can't in you can't go into it. Maybe though. you, you eat tonight, but, but this maybe is, you don't. This is the don't. part. This is the important thing. I maybe think. it's a hot meal. If, maybe if, it's a cold one. If you're trying to do a creative um, career, you can't. It, it's so much anxiety and so much like <laughs> doubt involved in it that you it, you can't come out with that. You can't start out with a menta- uh, defeatist mentality Look. because. If, you're not gonna make it because this is hard. It's not easy. This no, is, not this at is all. not no, easy, not and it's all. never been no. easy. And and right now, yeah, it's hard. It's it's hard, but it's people do it. So if if you oh, have, there, there are there are plenty. Of, look, if you're creative out there, and we're joking around here, uh, <laughs> but like on a serious note, you know, the one thing that you should be confident about is your work, right? All of the other things are, are intent. You can't control them. So the work, though, once you've written your story, once you've created your story, you should be 100% behind it. And as a creative, you're going to be criti- overly critical of yourself. So there might be small things, you know, damn, I wish the lighting was a little bit over here. We could have probably done this a little bit better from et cetera, et cetera, technicalities within the film. But you should be all in behind your work. You should at least feel, you know, 100% behind that. Now, going forward with the other things we're talking about here, you can't control that shit. So, like, right. if, you're, if you're trying to, you know, again, you get it acquired, you know, and picked up and sold, you might hear more no. If you're trying to get it on a streaming platform, you might hear no's. If you're trying to get it on tech, you might hear, like, all of that shit. You, you're going to hear no's. Yeah. Like, so that's... Mostly. So, you know, when we talk about defeatist mentality, like, we're, we're really talking about, you know, the part that you can control. Not the part that you can't control because there's no way. It's a 50-50 crapshoot. Either they're going to gamble and say, yes, we love it. We'll work with you. Or they're going to say, no, take that shit somewhere else. You got a 50-50 shot. So always shoot your shot. But what you can control, you know, you should be all in on. Don't beat yourself up about the small things. You know, really stay focused and, and, you know, get down and dirty and dig in and sink your teeth into you know your creative content and make sure that you put your best foot forward because you can control that shit everything else is just out the window you got to roll with it and you know depending on the way the wind blows nowadays you may get lucky you may not there are plenty of people that have made really fucking dope films that to this day you know haven't been able to get it out yeah i think um the new model is Harder in a way um, because you have to make a lot of stuff. Damn, you just agreeing with me and shit. Yeah, I'm kind of agreeing with uh, you on that. Man, you went the long way to agree with a motherfucker. <laughs> but the way you was coming at it was God like damn, gonna make you, people you, you throw their laptops out. Twenty the window. minutes. You gave me a twenty minute spiel just to come back and be like, yeah, you right. You was gonna have people go be uh, you know what I'm saying? Go go be software engineers and just say fuck film. Hey, you should do both. <laughs> uh, hey, listen. Um, as someone who, who is into developing, just a quick sidebar, you should probably do both. You know, like tech is, is really the way forward. And if you're creative and you can figure out a way to build a company, because that's what that's what developers are doing, right? They're building yeah. the, the software that you use to write your fucking uh, story is developed, 
right? The editing software that, that you use, learn, whether it's Adobe, whether it's Apple, etc. There's development teams that create this shit, right? There's good money in that, like, and if you could, you know, create a product and or put it out, what you could potentially do is make enough money off of your company to where you could finance your own shit and not have to worry about whether or not it, it succeeds or fails because you, you have the leverage to be able to pump your own money into it. But that's for another day. Um, I digress. Um, Next time we we gotta get into the the, the, the more you know we gotta get more in depth with the actual writing process or the creative process. Yeah, we gonna come back next episode and yeah. you know give you probably like a ten point bullet list of what on, makes a good story. Right? Yeah, you know if you should be fading in, fading out. If you should be you know we'll give you a whole breakdown on like an actual fucking strip. Um, would probably be the easiest way to do it. Yeah, that'd be you know, cool. and then a list of you know maybe five places where you could actually you know showcase your work from a writing standpoint. You know who to submit it to, who can you trust? I know I mentioned Blacklist on here earlier. You know it's a great website um, if you're trying to get out there too. They don't charge your arm and a leg. Yeah. you know to submit shit, so it's fairly I heard reasonable. Industrial scripts, mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called. One of them. Yeah. So th- there's a few we can give you next time around. Um, but you know, again, that's it. And you got anything else before we close out of this one? You know, that you want to tell us out there? Peace, love, and hair grease. All that shit. <laughs> nah, I think I think that's it, man. Like uh, we could we could go ahead and uh, say that it's a wrap. Yeah, it's a wrap, man. You know, follow us uh, online at uh, the Ill Shot Podcast. Uh, we'll be posting some shit up there. We haven't really posted much shit, but we will, you know, post it for anyone that listens. All point one of you right now, you know. Um, and then uh, yeah, I think it's just our, our our friends. Yeah, pretty much. You know, I think my my mom didn't even listen to it. Damn, yet, so. she don't even love you like that. <laughs> you know, like damn. How long? Let me show it? you, mom. How how long is it? You said forty five minutes. Nigga, I'm listening to ten. I've been listening to you my whole life. I don't need to be <laughs> for real. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we post yeah. some stuff up there for you. And um, again, you know, you can find us at uh, Ill Shot Podcast, the Ill Shot Podcast. I'm Rob, it's Jack, uh, signing off. Signing off. Make some dope shit. Deuce. Be creative. Don't throw your laptop out the window, please. Please don't. don't. Especially if, you, if you're if a young, up-and-coming creative and you can't afford to know them. <laughs> exactly. Don't do it to yourself. And we're out. One.